This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Emo. Is emo back in? It was never gone in my mind. Is yeah. it coming back, though? Is it having a renaissance? Well, I saw an article, because you, have you or your girlfriend or your fiancé, Sarah, been watching the Sandman show on Netflix? Yeah, she has, and I've been kind of paying attention a little bit. Because people have noted that the Sandman is very emo-looking. <laughs> you had Bruce Wayne sure. in the, uh, the latest The Batman movie looking very emo so you know everything comes full circle it's just a matter of time i don't know if we i don't know if it's been long enough for it to come back but there was also i can't remember the name of the tour but there was a tour about two or three years ago where all like the big emo bands were back doing a show uh sob fest (laughs) (laughs) um i'll be in my room i hate you (laughs) i hate you mom yeah uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this, Jim, cause I know it's gotten under your skin. What? Bryce Dallas Howard. She is the female lead in the, uh, recent Jurassic Park movies, mm-hmm. Jurassic World. And there's headlines going around that she did not get paid as much as Chris Pratt for her role in those films. Yeah. Um, there was a C- CTV article, and that was the headline. Bryce Dallas Howard says she was paid less than Chris Pratt for Jurassic World films. So when you see that headline, you think that, you know, she's might be complaining about the unfairness of it all. Um, but she's not, really. She talks about it, and she actually says that Chris Pratt came to her defense, and when he realized that she was making less than him... He, quote, literally told me, you guys don't have to do anything with the negotiations. I'm going to do all the negotiating. We're going to get paid the same, and you don't have to think about this, Bryce. And I, and then she says, and I love him for doing that so much. So basically, they didn't get paid the same to do the movie, but the back-end deals, like the uh, video games or the, fr- the franchise-related options, basically. That's cool. Chris Pratt made sure that she got the same back-end deal as he did, which... She didn't need to. I mean, he is for sure the bigger name. He's a bigger star, without a doubt. Yeah, and he's got way more experience handling velociraptors. True. She, she was he was running away for the half the first movie, and yeah. he was he was doing all the dinosaur stuff. That's between, dangerous. Yeah, he was doing the wrangling. That's dangerous stuff. Yes, that's danger pay. <laughs> God. Chris Pratt is the, he was Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy before he did. Jurassic World. He was the bigger draw, the bigger star. It's not surprising that he got paid more. And your complaint is they're trying to make it into a like a gender battle thing. Yeah, I, I don't blame even uh, Bryce for complaining about it. If that's, I mean, she's allowed to have that. I, I, be, I, I don't even think she's complaining. No, you're no, in no, an I mean, interview and you're asked the question, did you get paid as much as Chris Pratt to be in the Jurassic World movies? You say, oh no, he got paid a lot more. Yeah. And then they take that and they make it the headline. Yeah, and I, I just think, yeah. Because it gets clicks. Yeah, they know that for sure it gets clicks. and also, But it also bombards people with negativity, too. Like, if you're a woman, you're constantly being bombarded like you're getting paid less. And in a lot of situations, you are, and it's unfair. But in situations like this, it makes sense on paper, and it's the, the way it works. Right. I'm sure Angelina Jolie got paid more than every single man who was in the Tomb Raider movies with her. Oh, guaranteed. And if they said, oh, I got paid way, way less than Angelina Jolie, 
How would that go over? Yeah, now that would be a story. Yeah, people would be like, of course you yeah. did. She's the star of the movie. Or imagine if she got paid less than like a random, who knows, even if it was like Michael Caine who's <laughs> in it for one minute. number two? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, like, let's just focus on making good Jurassic Park movies, can we? Yeah, they haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> Taz and Jim's Fantastical Fantasy Football for Frodo. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, one of our producers, Eric, has ever taken part in a fantasy football league. I think he seems a little confused here as to what exactly is going on. He nailed the fantasy part. Yeah. Little light on the football. (laughs) Joining us on the show from the Reality Fantasy Football Podcast, it's Jordan. How are you, pal? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to get this 2022 season going. A little bit of preseason action already, so we got to see a little bit of football, but can't wait for the real stuff to get started. How important is it to watch the preseason stuff before your fantasy draft? (sighs) We were talking about this on last night's pod. It's crazy because it's like having a sports car and waiting until the winter to unleash it. Like you have all these great players and they're just sitting. So it's kind of, you don't necessarily have to watch games one and two, but because of the shortened preseason and the longest regular season, you may see them maybe for a quarter in the third preseason game, but mostly it's backups battling. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the first couple games play out with a lot of new new teams, or sorry, new players on new teams. It's going to be interesting to see how they gel. And uh, it's just like throwing them out there. You can't afford to go one and three to start the season, but they're just going to throw them out in the regular season and see how they gel. Before we, we get into some hot picks, I uh, wanted to congratulate you. You... <laughs> You made sure to set me up, so I asked you how you did in the fantasy uh, league that you're in last season. You saw how I yeah, well, thank you very much. It was a battle. I started out slow, but if you just keep grinding, you never know what can happen. So you came back and you well. won. What do you guys play yeah. for? What's the prize? Uh, we play for a jersey, a homemade jersey with your name on it, mm-hmm. and uh, my team name is Jordan's Jewels. So that's, the jewels are going to go in the back of the jersey this year. And bragging rights, man. Bragging rights. We get a nice day of golf and a good dinner. So Nice. Yeah, that's good. It's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. The loser gets worse. They have to wear a mullet. And uh, a loser jersey or name on the jersey of shame. So it's the almost jersey of shame. Yes. You have to wear it all day. All day. All day. Uh, that's great. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's get into some positions here. If you're, you're selecting your team in the position of quarterback, who do you like? Well, obviously this year you got Josh Allen. He's one of the high-flying offenses for the Buffalo Bills there. Uh, not a lot's going to change with them. If anything, they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year. They brought in uh, Georgia, Georgia running back Cook there, James Cook, who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield quite a bit more. you got Diggs, who it seemed a little bit disappointing at the if you look at his all-around the, the, the season, but he actually had a pretty good year. He's only going to get better. Highest red zone targets for a wide receiver. So Josh Allen for sure is number one. Uh, Mahomes, he lost Tyree Kill, obviously, to Miami Dolphins. Kelsey's going to be a big, uh, a big uh, target PPR for him. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Juju. But we can get into tight ends later if you'd like. Okay, running backs. Who do you like? Saquon Barkley. I think he's going, like, obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey and um, 
Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor as number one, number two. And then I think a guy who you can nab a little bit later on in the first round is Saquon Barkley for the Giants. He's got a new offensive coordinator, best offensive line he's played under. And he can catch the ball if, you know, we're talking about half PPR. Um, points per reception that is he's going to come out of the backfield a lot the Giants are going to be behind a lot so I think that you know after those big name guys are gone Austin Eckler is going to go from the Chargers pretty early but if you wait on a guy like Saquon Barkley he'll pay dividends by the end of the year do you always pick your running backs in the first round I personally personally yes I do I think you have to have like a cornerstone running back to build your fantasy team around now if all the big guys are gone and I'm picking near the last, like the latter end of the first round. I may go if there's a Stefan Diggs there, grab him, and then say Joe Mixon from Cincinnati, who I think is going to be have a monster year for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. So I personally like going running back first, but if there is too good of a pick, a too good of a wide receiver, your Jamar Chase, your Justin Jefferson, your Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs is up there. I would. I would rather grab Go for one of those big wide receivers and then turn around and grab you know a solid running back one. Yeah, and you can always trade afterwards. Yeah. We're talking fantasy football with Jordan from the Reality Fantasy Football Podcast. A wide receiver we went through. Let's move to tight end. Mark Andrews from the Baltimore Ravens. is. You know, a lot of guys are going Kelsey and, and Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders there. Waller's health issues. He can never stay healthy. Never, never, ever, ever stay healthy. He can't put a complete season in. Um, so Mark Andrews is kind of going under the radar. He's, he's sliding under the radar a little bit because everyone's going Kelsey first. Uh, Pitts from the Atlanta Falcons is another great pick. His second year in, they're going to be behind a lot. Atlanta, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Not a lot of uh, weapons in Atlanta. So Kyle Pitts, I think, um, if you can, you can scoop him up, I'd be fine with starting him as a tight end one. How much does it matter picking your defense and your kicker? How much does it matter? Yeah. Like, you should always leave it to the end, right, of the draft. If you're drafting a kicker or a defense before the end of the draft, you might as well just toss in the towel. I mean, your season's over. Because you're, you're passing up on so many guys with potential upside for a defense and a kicker. Just wait. Just wait. That's the end of the night, and you just throw a dart and see how it goes. Okay, who would you avoid? Is there anyone who some people may be uh, clamoring for and you're like, uh, I don't like it. I'm not feeling it. Is uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. going to have ayahuasca flashbacks on the field during the middle of a game? Or? <laughs> yes, it's definitely a quarterback who uh, I'd probably stay away from a little bit. Um, I, there's so many other quarterbacks that would take over Aaron Rodgers this year. Last year, uh, for all the winners out there, they may have had Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying who but myself included. Uh, so this year, I'm probably staying away from him. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, running back for the Dallas Cowboys, that offensive line is terrible, just terrible. So a lot of guys are drafting the name and not necessarily looking at actual you know, gameplay or their offensive line. The coaching is terrible. They're an undisciplined team. Uh, Dallas scares me a little bit this year, as well as Amari Cooper from the Cleveland Browns. That whole Browns offense, huh. um, a little bit, little bit scared about that team as well. When is the perfect time, Jordan, to have your fantasy draft? Is it this week, next week, wait a little closer to the start of the season? What would you say? I say we do ours the long weekend. So the week heading into the first week, week number one. So the long weekend. Eliminate any surprise injuries. Arrests. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, more likely. (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. So you never draft a Vegas player, the Raiders player, until uh, the week before. So you never know if they're going to show up on the field. Or not. <laughs> There's too much yeah. going on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Las exactly. Vegas. All right. Well, yeah. we appreciate your time. Send us your your uh, roster when you uh, get your team all uh, okay. all set up there. So Taz can yep. steal every player. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Auto draft. <laughs> and if you want to know more about fantasy football, if this is right in your wheelhouse, you can uh, find wherever you get your podcast, the Reality Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Game of golf is evolving with the introduction of Live Golf. How about how golf carts are evolving? Hmm. Tomorrow... There's a man in South Carolina. His name's Robbie Steen. He has a YouTube channel, pretty popular on YouTube. And he is uh, a guy who likes going after Guinness World Records. Not unlike yourself, Jim Kelly. <laughs> he, I like going after Guinness. He has uh, decided to try and break his own world record by fastest golf cart. Oh. What what would you think the fastest he's ever gone in a golf cart is? I'm gonna guess 120 miles an hour. Pretty close, 119 miles per hour. Yeah, I was close. Which is in a golf cart would be terrifying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what, 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 that would be. Would that be 200 kilometers an hour? I don't even know. I can't do the conversion, but that's fast. It's fast. Here he is, Robbie and his sons, talking about the customized cart that they're taking out for a spin tomorrow. Realistically, everything happens so quick, you don't really have time to think about it in the heat of the moment. This one's capable on paper of a lot more than the other ones have been, but it's if it'll actually stay on the track. For the most part, there's some excitement too, and it's kind of like a, a mystery. Even though we know what the cart's capable of, it's just kind of that thrill of watching it go down the track. Love that accent, man. Yeah. I'd expect nothing less from the guy <laughs> trying to break the land speed golf cart record. When they, Yeah, when they say the track... They're not just, doing it on a golf course. Damn. It, it's at a racetrack. Okay. Even still a racetrack, you think they go to like the salt flats or whatever because you still got to right. make those turns in that golf cart. I mean, guys can flip a golf cart on a golf course going 20 kilometers an hour. So yeah. I'd be very nervous taking any turns going 120 plus. I wish I could be there at the starting line tomorrow and sneakily undo the strap that's holding the golf bag on the cart. <laughs> <laughs> so when oh. he pulls out, <laughs> ruin the whole thing. Oh yeah, uh, what could go wrong? Oh, you know what? Okay, speaking of practical jokes, you replace your buddy's golf cart on the golf course with this with thing? this superpowered <laughs> one. After the first tee shot, he goes to find it. <laughs> <laughs> He's suddenly on the ninth hole. How'd that happen? Yeah, that would not, if they had carts that went that fast on golf courses, we've played in a lot of golf tournaments, yeah. and we've seen people manage to do some damage in regular golf carts. Yeah, yeah. 119 miles per hour plus. But boy, your wife would be happy how quick you'd be home after. That's right. A round of golf only took half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Is it longer than Tommy's Dawn? Our contestant here from Wingham, Ontario, it's Kendra. Hey, Kendra. Hey, how's it going? Did you see the picture on social media last week? 
I missed it, but I'm going to be certain to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the artsy version. Yeah, and maybe don't do it at work. <laughs> Tommy Lee posting a picture, full frontal nudity, on uh, Twitter, Instagram last week. And, uh, Jim, we did some math. We, we crunched the numbers and found out uh, exactly how long that thing is. Allegedly 8.1. 8.1 inches, Okay. So we're going to give you other things. Just keep in mind, is it longer than Tommy Lee's dog? Uh, 8.1 inches is the measurement. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. The diameter of a vinyl 45 single. Is it longer than Tommy's dog? So not a full record, just the single. Like the ones that would go in the jukeboxes. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the diameter, not the circumference. <laughs> yes. Did you look that side closely? To is Tommy Lee circumferenced? Yeah, uh, no, he's, he's got a little drum skin left on there. <laughs> I'm going to say um, Tommy's dong is longer. You are correct! Yes! <laughs> the 45 single, famously a measly seven inches. Uh, next here... Uh, the barrel of Dirty Harry's Smith & Wesson Model 29. Is it longer than Tommy's dong? I'm going to say Tommy's dong is longer. You are correct. The barrel is <laughs> 6.5 inches. The whole gun itself, like it's like 12 inches with the handle and everything, but the barrel really? six and That's, a half uh, inches. Dirty Harry's gun is, tw- is the foot long? <laughs> from the base of the handle to the end of the barrel. And you always almost, measure from the base. Yeah, I, I went once around the base just to as make sure. As far back as you can <laughs> yeah. go. Number three here. The average North American beaver's tail length. Is it longer than Tommy's dong? It's got to be longer. The dong the or the tail? The beaver. <laughs> you are correct. 10 inch on average for the North American beaver tail. Now we're measuring beavers. Great. <laughs> Okay, number four here. Uh, the height of a 600 milliliter Coca-Cola bottle. Is it longer than I'm going to say... Uh, Tommy's dong is longer. You are correct. Wow. The bottle is 7.4 inches. Are we going for <laughs> the perfect round? Of, this- is it longer than Tommy Lee's dong here? She's an expert. The people in Wingham know these kind of things. Okay, finally here. The depth of a 1988 Nintendo Entertainment System. So front to back. Front to back. This isn't the controller. No, no, no. The whole system. The NES. From the spot where you put the cartridge in to the back where you plug it in. Is that depth. Okay, so not the the long way. Not the width. The depth of a Nintendo Entertainment System. Is it long? Um, geez, that's a tough one. Let's go with the Nintendo system. It was a tough one. The Nintendo system, eight inches. Tommy Lee, eight point one. But you had more than enough for the win, Kendra. Congratulations. You know your stuff. <laughs> and you have one. <laughs> Thank you. I guess this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Tilsonburg, Ontario. Tilsonburg. Tilsonburg. My back still aches when I hear that word.
Just a nightmare scenario for a Tilsonburg man who owns a property that he's rented out. Uh, story is he works on a cruise ship. So he went away to work on a cruise ship, took in some tenants to live at his house while he was gone, got back from the cruise ship, and the people that are renting his house, even though they were given their, their due notice that they needed to move out, refuse to leave what else is going on how, how big of a nightmare is this guy involved in now there's two sides to every story but he alleges the uh the landlord that they owe him thirteen thousand dollars in back rent payment uh he tried to list his house for sale in november and when people try to come through a real estate agent comes come through they they wouldn't let people in the house or they would leave the house in a terrible condition or rant to the people coming through but the tenants act or you know complain that their rights are being violated when people come by also when they moved in they claimed that they just had a small puppy and then about a month after they moved in they brought in three large rottweilers three cats four rabbits uh, and now the master bedroom has been converted into a makeshift kennel with at least Ugh. five animal crates, Ugh. and that house will never smell the same again. Not a chance. There is so much animal pee that has been absorbed into the being of that structure. Yeah, it now is 40% animal pee. A, a friend of mine bought a house, and he thought he got a great deal on it. He wanted to do a flip. He's in construction. And he kept tearing stuff out to get the, the animal pee smell out of this house. He'd take out the carpet. That didn't work. He had to take up the underfloor. That didn't mm -hmm. work. It's like... It, Into the joists. It, it really... If, if you let that kind of stuff happen, it, it becomes a nightmare yeah. trying to fix it. There's a reason why they use it to mark their territory. Because it doesn't wash away. You know what I mean? So how many animals... Uh, Giant dogs, small rabbits. Small puppy, three large Rottweilers, three cats, four <laughs> rabbits that we know of. And they told him they only have a small dog. Yeah, yeah. And I love just like the trashy behavior of this type of person who wouldn't leave the property because I got nothing wrong with the marijuana plants, but of course there's marijuana plants growing in the front yard. <laughs> they put a flag featuring a marijuana leaf on the front porch oh, that nice. activates the outside motion detector light throughout the day, which the landlord claims is running up the power bill, which he is also paying for. Oh no, all uh, included. They also put up a metal uh, warning sign that says, warning! Property controlled by a crazy bee with dogs and automatic weapons. Two pistols pointing up here. Anyone found here at night will be found here in the morning. Ooh, uh, scary. Threatening. Uh, in, the back, in the backyard, they have another makeshift kennel that has been attached to a shed. Uh, the yard is filled with animal feces. <laughs> so I'm sure the neighbors aren't big fans of this place. And I've been yeah. looking at the Talk Tilsonburg Facebook page, which I love every small town's oh, yeah. little personal Facebook Any page. Any neighborhood gossip uh, Facebook page, oh, fun yeah. to peruse. And people are very passionate because it's their neighborhood. And I guess allegedly the tenant here is letting their dogs out after midnight till 2 or 3 in the morning, barking. Like all these giant dogs are out barking in the middle of the night. Um. So yeah, it seems like a, a complete nightmare. And this guy, the landlord who's returned from his cruise ship job, 
He is currently sleeping on his real estate agent's couch because he has nowhere else to go. Yeah, this isn't like your typical slumlord, multiple properties, and he's renting out to make money. This is a subletting situation. Essentially, he moved away. Somebody was taking over the mortgage in the meantime. He comes back, can't get it back. And, you know, there, there, I am glad that there are so many rights for tenants because you do need to protect tenants from, you know, landlords who there are rich. There are terrible, slimy landlords. For sure, for sure. But it's just human nature. There's also terrible tenants. And it seems that once they get in a bad tenant, it is damn near impossible yeah. to get them out. Well, they know that. Right? Yeah, of course. And, and of they course. take full advantage of it. They know how hard it is to remove somebody from a property. The ironic thing is, though, this the guy who owns the house, who's sleeping on his real estate agent's couch, is trying to sell the place. He says because he's owed so much back rent, he could lose the property. And I bet if he loses the property, if he defaults on his mortgage... Then the bank is going to come, seize that property, and they're going to kick out those tenants immediately. So. Yeah, they have the power to do. They have the police on their side. They will escort them off as soon as soon yes, as he can so no true. longer afford the house. Then he'll have no problem getting of rid of course. the people who are living there. But since he owns the property and these are his tenants, he's going through this this terrible situation, man. Yeah, and like you know, even if he's in the right and the the law favors him, the the landlord and tenant board has backlogged. You know what I mean? They got two thousand complaints backlogged, so everything in the government is at a standstill basically at this point. So right. even if he is on the right side of the law, it's going to take forever to get them out. I wish we could do something for this guy. You know, the, the best we can do, let I him think, sleep today on your couch, is, is let him move in. <laughs> he likes pinball. <laughs> I was going to say, our friend uh, Bob Reed, who is the lead singer of the band Bob Noxious, his day job is uh, manufacturing a product called Urine Erase. And it's very good. Yeah, it's an easy 10-step procedure. You mix it together and you put it on pet urine that is seeped into any material, and it, it... is remarkable. The enzyme just eats right through that urine and gets D- rid of the smell. What's it called, Taz? It's called urine erase. Mm, I'll go to my local dispensary and get some now. <laughs> you might have to fumigate the entire property right. with a tent over top, but we'll get it done. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him a couple bottles of urine erase in the meantime, and mm-hmm. hopefully he can get back into his own property at some point. Yes, somebody's home. Unfortunately, it's the two trashy tenants that I rented my house to while I was working on a cruise ship, (laughs) and now they refuse to move. They've got 14 animals who have been peeing and pooping all over the master master bedroom that has been converted into a kennel. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy in Tilsonburg, allegedly. But I wasn't allowed to paint my apartment wall. (laughs) There's a guy in Tilsonburg who is going through a nightmare. He uh, subletted basically his own house while he was away, came back, and the people refused to leave. So he's sleeping on his real estate agent's couch. Rudy, how would you feel if that was you, buddy? Oh, man, I, I don't know what I would do. I would, I would lose it. I'm sorry. I, I'd end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, that, to get rid of that smell, I bought a house a few years ago. The guy had seven cats. Oh, okay, now, God. I mean... The carpets, I had to rip them all out. When I use the stuff, it's called Kills, K-I-L-L-Z. And I had to put maybe three coats on top of the subfloor, all the baseboards, and finally, after about a month, it went away. But it's, uh, once you get that stuff in there, I mean, 
Yeah. They destroyed the guy's house. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. He shouldn't be sleeping on his realtor's couch, man. Well, obviously. It's brutal. We're getting some messages in here. Uh, also, they have planted marijuana plants in the front yard. Somebody says, step one, I think we need to go steal their marijuana plants. <laughs> they should be almost ready in a month or so. <laughs> we have another couple text messages, people saying you should just make it as uncomfortable as you can. The neighbors should all band together, blare music. Apparently, they're, they, this nightmare tenant, their their dogs are barking through the night. So start blaring music back. Back at them, I have a feeling that they would thrive on the conflict. Though they they'd love it. Yeah, there's an old saying, and it's like never get into like never get into a, a game of chicken with somebody with nothing to lose or something. It's not exactly that, but it's you know the person with nothing going on in their there's life. Nothing more dangerous than somebody, a yeah, person with nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, any uh, case of point, here's another text from a landlord who said, "Me and my husband just had a two year battle with tenants at one of our rentals." They stopped paying and owed us thousands, would not get out. So many excuses used with the Tenant Act. Uh, finally, after two years, they were told to leave. But it took two years, and they left the house destroyed in a mess with cockroaches everywhere, thousands of dollars of damages, and all that rent owed over two years that we will never see a penny of. Disgusting. So even if you did, like, you know, get these tenants out by annoying them, they would certainly smash every window, you know, rip up everything. Yeah. They could rip every wire out of the wall they could find. That would be a, probably one of the times in your adult life that you would cry without somebody you know dying. If you walked in When after. you walk into the house for the first time after these people yeah. leave, no, finally. It's unsellable. You're on the hook for $100,000 worth of yeah. damage. They you owe you thirteen, fourteen thousand yeah. $14,000 on top of it. Man, it's a nightmare. I hope this guy gets off his real estate agent's couch at some point soon and, and things resolve themselves in the best way they can. Peacock. I want to see you. Peacock. 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 You peacock. peacock. You're a peacock. It's time for sports. Our sports guy, Devin Peacock, is here. And NBA legend Bill Russell passed away earlier this summer. A very cool honor from the league, Dev. Yeah, the NBA is going to retire his number six across the league. So anyone who is currently wearing number six, like LeBron James, can continue to wear it until they retire, but it will not be issued ever again. So number six is being phased out to honor Bill Russell. Not only was he like an incredible champion, but he was a civil rights activist. The, uh, the MVP in the finals is named after him. He won 11 titles in 13 years. He was a player coach for, for Boston as well. He was just an incredible guy. But there are two other athletes who have received this honor. It's just three people in all of sports who have received this honor. Bill Russell is one. There are two others across all of sports, which is a very select company that he's now in. Are we guessing? Do you want to guess? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, yes. Who's the other one, Jim? Can you give me the sport? Major League Baseball. Babe Ruth. No. 42 is the number. Mm, I'll yeah. give you that. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. So the last 
The last player to wear 42 in the major leagues was Mariano Rivera with the Yankees. That was back in 2013. And once he retired, no one wore 42 ever again in the majors. So it's Jackie Robinson, it's Wayne Gretzky, it's Bill Russell. I think they should do it for Michael Jordan as well. I mean, you're talking about players who are at the top of their league. When you think of the NBA, you think of Michael Jordan. His career very different than Bill Russell's, but Michael Jordan has that mystique with the NBA. I would do it with Jordan. I think the the only issue or the only problem with Bill Russell having this honor is he's not alive to see it because he deserved to see his number retired across the league when he could see just the impact he had. He was royalty, man. I think he knew the impact he had. I got to go to a a couple of NBA All-Star weekends, and uh, thanks to our pal Michael Ray Richardson, former New York Knick, uh, I was invited to the Legends Breakfast, and you should see how revered Bill Russell was in that room by the other players. Everyone lined up to talk to him, to show him respect, to shake his hand, and he sat there with a smile on his face, and he made time for every single one of them. I always love the pick when people would talk about uh, you know Tom Brady having more titles than Michael Jordan and being the ultimate goat, and then someone would post a picture of Bill Russell. He had ten fingers and eleven rings, and he's just kind of smiling as you know. If you want the ultimate goat, it's Bill Russell. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Uh, In Florida, officials have issued a very straightforward request to members of the public. Stop touching manatees when they are having sex. Huh? The Sarasota Police Department in Florida made the announcement on Sunday uh, after a group of mating manatees were spotted near a beach and people were trying to touch them. If you see, this is a quote, if you see a manatee mating herd, observe respectfully from a distance. Do not touch. (laughs) (laughs) We love manatee voyeurs and that's it. (laughs) If you see manatees making love, hide in a bush. (laughs) And please applaud politely when they're finished. (laughs) And watch discreetly. You know, it's a big problem. Uh, apparently, a lot of manatees are dying, so they don't want people to interrupt the lovemaking because they're trying to repopulate repopulate the manatee. Uh, what are manatees good for? I like. I'm I'm assuming eating, like keeping the ecosystem intact, right? Yeah. They probably play their part eating certain predator fish or something like that. They look like they could handle a, a good meal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go away on a cruise for a month or a couple weeks, you come back looking like a manatee. Not you in particular, (laughs) but you and me. I was going to say, my parents have a place in Sarasota. They go there in the winters, and uh, I go to visit them quite often. Uh, I'm I'm now worried that people are going to come up and try to touch me as I'm lying on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to touch a manatee. (laughs) What's he making love to? (laughs) There's also a hotline. If you see a distressed or deceased manatee, you can call the hotline. Did you know this? This is an interesting fact about manatees. And if you have never seen a manatee, do a Google image search. They are fascinating to look at. Just giant kind of blob sure. creatures. Kind of like a, dogs without legs. Right. A walrus without tusks. Yeah, yeah. A little bit is what they look like. But I, I found this fact interesting. Kristen Bell, the actress, tweeted this out or posted it on her Instagram last week. 
Uh, manatees use their farts. We were talking about this Stop, earlier. You're obsessed. Is it a joke? Uh, they use their farts to move. There's no way. Yes. So if a manatee wants to float to the surface, he keeps gas in. When a manatee oh, wants okay. to sink to the bottom, just like a sub. Yeah, a it, submarine. It farts out all its farts, and then it sinks to the bottom of the okay. ocean. When you said it, I thought it was a propulsion system. I think it would probably get them going there. <laughs> a little bit if the stream, the current was good. It's like a sea dew. You've never seen a manatee? <laughs> yeah. And the little tail of water, the rooster tail shoots up when they're near the surface. <laughs> You've never seen a manatee with gas just rifling across the waves? <laughs> 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 Yeah, fascinating creatures, but as fascinating as they are, if you see a couple of them going at it, do not touch them on your next Florida vacation. Peacock. I want to see your peacock. 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 Your peacock. peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? peacock. Time for sports. Our sports guy, Devin Peacock, is here. And Dev, man, we were just really starting to like this guy. Cam Smith, PGA Tour, hot stud right now. He's the guy with the mullet, Jim Kelly. Yeah, are you going to ruin this for me? What? (laughs) There's rumors swirling that he's leaving the PGA for the Live Golf Tour. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, the Telegraph the of London. Yeah, he yeah. comes off with his hat. I thought he assaulted somebody. I thought he was a, he was actually you know fake accent this whole time. Well, he's he's just becoming one of the biggest names in the PGA, and now he may be leaving for the competing league. The Telegraph of London reported recently that he is set to join Live Golf as well. He has pulled out of this weekend's tournament in uh, in uh, Wisconsin with a hip injury. Supposedly, I don't. Maybe he has a hip injury. Well, maybe it's too he's big. just. Uh, Swiveling those hips on the way over to Live Golf, I don't know. But I think the PGA Tour is now really showing their cards as being worried about Live Golf because they are losing some really big names here. Yeah, none of, like the three of us, have you watched Live Golf event yet? You can only watch them online, right? You have to go to livegolf.com uh, to watch. So I guess, you know, if you have a smart TV, you could bring it up if you're that dedicated to it. But I've never been so compelled to watch Live Golf over the PGA Tour. So I've not watched it whatsoever. But if they start broadcasting that on television, I, I'd say the PGA's in trouble. They just need to find a channel that doesn't have enough, a relationship with the PGA already. Get it on Spike TV! <laughs> well, I think once you're right, though, once it's on TV, then that really changes the game. So Tiger Woods is scheduled to meet with the top players in the world who are still on the PGA Tour today to rally support for the PGA Tour to see what they can do to you know stop the bleeding here because they have lost some huge names in the sport. Tiger has said you know he doesn't really understand why younger players are doing this because younger players who play on Live Golf are not recognized in the world golf rankings and if you're not recognized in the world golf rankings you do not qualify for the majors so it's one thing if you're phil mickelson if you're sergio garcia if you're brooks kepka who wants to go and do this but even for cam smith i know he's had a really good season he's number two in the world rankings right now but for some of the younger guys who are doing this long term it may come back to bite them in the butt if live golf does not make it and live golf is just spending so much money that not anywhere close to being profitable. I must point out that every golfer that leaves the PGA to go to Live Golf 
makes it that much more likely that one day one of us will win the Masters. <laughs> one step closer. Soon there'll be no competition. <laughs> Thanks, Dev. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Royal news. Let's talk about Prince Harry's underwear. <laughs> Remember Prince Harry back in the day? This is this is in his single days. He went to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I know they have on the sign what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Not always the case. This was really before like Instagram was a big deal too. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lesson learned for Prince Harry. Don't invite people with cell phone cameras back to your hotel room because he was photographed in the buff buck naked mm-hmm. and we did a little more research it was next to a pool table jim you just pulled the pictures up here mm-hmm. looks like he's clowning around we don't know if he's actually playing a game of eight ball or what's going on but he's buck naked mm-hmm. and the from pi- behind and the pictures got leaked to tmz big scandal royal family not happy about that one mm-hmm. well apparently he left behind a pair of underwear. This is almost like a cinder, a reverse Cinderella here, <laughs> where the prince leaves behind a little memento, a souvenir. Sure. And someone falls in love and has to find which prince fits back into the royal undergarments. <laughs> the knickers. <laughs> I wonder what they look like. You think they're just a pair of sacks or are they like special somehow? Tidy whities Oh, here, let's see if they Or they're have... like very regal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a lot of frills on them and stuff. <laughs> the purple. Uh, pantaloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go all the way down. Curly at the bottom. Uh, it looks like just a black pair of... Boxer briefs from the picture I'm looking hmm. at here. Just like a Hanes. Probably not Hanes. I'm thinking maybe maybe a little more uh, designer than that. <laughs> Dior. Yeah, it, it doesn't say the brand name, but it looks like a black pair of boxer briefs. These things are being sold by a... Former stripper named Carrie Royale. She's the Cinderella Royale. here. <laughs> I wonder if that was the name before or after she got Carrie her hands Royale. on that. She partied with Prince Harry during his infamous bender a decade ago. And she has now put the, uh, the gitch up on the auction block. Highest bid so far. Somebody called in a bid for $250,000. Wow. It's probably yeah. Harry trying to get him back. Uh, apparently not. It's from what we know. It's the owner of a strip club in San Diego who wants to build a shrine to Prince Harry's underwear in a strip club. <laughs> but what else goes on the shrine? Like, how do you even prove it's Harry's? Is there a see-through, maybe Ziploc, or maybe one of those things you put a card in? You know, and it's like it sandwiches the card with two p- panes of glasses. There, one of Harry's red pubes in there to prove it was him. Yeah, there might just be a pair of black. There might p- be a ginger short and curly in there, and if so, that explains why. These are so valuable because you could clone Prince Harry with something like that, right? Mm. (laughs) And then it's your claim to the throne. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that that's how it happened. (laughs) It was it was a an orange short and curly hair found in a boxer pair of boxer shorts that he left behind in Vegas that took down the monarchy. (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I want to give a shout out. Well, to anyone working retail, eh, what, a, what a gig. Have you ever worked at a store, Jim? No, never. You dodged one. 
Why? Well, I was at Costco last night, and I thought going around closing time, it wouldn't be busy. That place is always a zoo. Hmm. And I'm talking about every Costco in every city across North America. You go any time of day, that place is just packed full of people. And I don't know how the employees put up with it. Just dealing with people one after another. Yeah, yeah. Questions, complaints. Yeah, the like is the are the lineups bigger than most places? Pretty big lineups. Last night, this is eight fifteen. They close at eight thirty. And I know Costco. I go to the. There's very particular shoppers who love coupons and getting a deal and making sure that the deal and the flyer is the same oh, as yeah. thing and i could assume that the costco shopper is that type of person because they love buying in bulk and getting a deal right well people love getting deals and people love complaining and it doesn't matter what store you're working in it's just the sheer volume of disgusting humans you have to deal with when you're working at costco hmm. i wouldn't last a day without telling somebody off oh, i'd snap you go postal on them. <laughs> I would get fired from from a job at Costco. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. So respect to anyone working at Costco and anyone working in retail, because I'm sure the stories are similar right across the board. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Okay, we got to keep reminding ourselves that the World Junior Hockey Tournament is on right now, middle of summer. This isn't usually how it happens, but. Uh, Our team's doing well. Yesterday, Canada downs the Finns. And if you look at the standings, Group A, there's a beautiful red maple leaf right at the top of that list. Number one in Group A is the Canadian team. Group B, wouldn't you know it, our arch rivals. USA. More like USB. (laughs) So, let's look at the schedule. Tomorrow is the big day. This is when it kicks into high gear. Okay. You got... Quarterfinals. Finland versus Germany. Sweden versus Latvia. Who I am enjoying... Latvia doing well. I like it. Yeah, it's a fun story. Canada takes on the Swiss. And the USA versus the Czechs. That's tomorrow. So we'll get Devin Peacock, our sports guy, to to really start looking at this in depth tomorrow on the show. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what Dev knows about this Mason McTavish kid who's lighting it up for Canada right now. I wonder if he's affiliated with any hockey teams. I'm sure I could Google it, but I want Devin to talk <laughs> about it because he's leading. He's got like 13 points right now. He's crushing it. Stud. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's nice to have some summertime hockey. If you remember, it's going on. I know everyone's busy in the summer, but make some time tomorrow afternoon to watch the first game of the quarterfinals, Canada versus the Swiss. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.